Welcome to the American Coinot Podcast. Since 1960, American Coinot Magazine has been the independent voice of the self-service laundry industry. I'm your host and editor of the magazine, Bruce Beggs. I've served American Coinop since 2011, and I'm in my 31st year as a reporter editor. Much has been made about the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which President Trump signed into law in December. Many of its provisions, including a lower corporate tax rate of 21% and lower individual income tax rates, went into effect January 1st, meaning that we won't see the changes until our 2018 tax bills come due. But how will this tax reform impact small businesses like those within the laundry and dry cleaning industry? I'm joined today by Mark E. Battersby. Mark is a freelance writer, columnist, and author with more than 25 years' experience with business taxes and finance. He's written and published four books on investment strategies and accounting practices, and his tax and financial columns appear in more than a dozen trade publications. He joins me by phone from his office in Pennsylvania. Mark, thanks for being my guest. My pleasure, Bruce. As we get started, I should mention that this podcast is for educational and reference purposes only, and it's not intended to provide specific advice or individual recommendations. So consult an attorney or tax advisor for advice regarding your particular situation. Now, Mark, in a nutshell, what provisions does the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, the TCJA, include? How would you describe it as a whole? Well, first of all, Bruce, this tax bill or tax reform bill was aimed mainly at big corporations and reducing the tax rate for big corporations. They just threw in a few provisions, uh, quite a few provisions for smaller businesses like your readers. In the process, a few, a very few tax provisions were actually impacted, but there are some notable exceptions and your readers should be aware of them. Under the TCJA, there's a difference in how regular C corporations are taxed versus how small businesses operating as pass-through entities are taxed. Can you talk about those differences and how they compare? Okay, well, first of all, you have the regular corporation, which is a separate entity, and it earns its own money, it pays its own tax bill. A corporation can choose to be treated as a pass-through corporation, or it can be formed as a pass-through corporation. That's an S-corporation or an LLC, limited liability company, or a partnership. And these entities pass along the income. They don't pay taxes themselves. They pass along their income to the shareholders or owners. The new corporate rate of 21% applies just to corporations. Pass-through entities pay taxes at their own individual tax rates, many times higher than the new corporate rate. So right away, you've got a dictomia in there where the pass-through entity is not as favorable as it used to be. To correct this, the tax law allows a pass-through entity to deduct 30% of its income. So it's even in the playing field with this deduction, but the deduction only applies to the first $157,000 of pass-through income or $315,000 for married couples' pass-through income. So you, right away, you've got a decision to make. Do you want to continue operating as a pass-through corporation, or do you want to change back to a regular corporation? And as you said, you definitely need the advice of a professional to make this decision. There's just too many variables in there. Right. Right. Let's move to talking about equipment, or talking about deductions of the cost of equipment, rather. That's been an important tax benefit to laundry and dry cleaning businesses. I understand that increased expensing through the TCGA may enable many businesses to fully and immediately deduct the full cost of certain equipment. Can you walk us through those provisions? Yeah, that's no problem. It's basically it's just a 100% write-off of the cost of new equipment for the business. That means that everything you buy equipment-wise 
can be written off or deducted without depreciation, worried about depreciation. So it's a flat 100% deduction. And we're talking about equipment uh, in terms of categories such as washers, um, dryers. Your washers, your washers, dryers, uh, just basically the equipment that's used in the business. The improvements to the uh, laundromat or whatever might fall into another category called Section 179, which has been around for a long time. And under Section 179, improvements such as a roof on the building, a heating system, ventilation systems, air conditioning systems, alarms, security systems, and so on, they qualify for another immediate expensing of up to a million dollars of costs. Of course, if you buy more than two or two and a half million, now it's two and a half million dollars. If you buy more than two and a half million dollars of property, it no longer qualifies for Section 179. The 179 deduction is reduced dollar for dollar above that level. But now remember, the 100% write-off expires after the 2026 tax year, and the Section 179 limits are forever or until they change their mind. I like the way you put that. So just to clarify that one more time, the increased expensing, the 100% expensing that you just talked about, it's in effect until or through the 2026 tax year, but the Section 179 expensing is in place in perpetuity or, as you said, until somebody decides to change it. Yeah, it's, it, it's fluctuated over the years. It's like the 100% is comparable to the what former bonus depreciation that went up and down every year. Now they've made it 100% so-called bonus depreciation. The 2026 tax year, it disappears. Section 179 has been around. The limits fluctuate year after year. Now it's the reduction after $2.5 million. Let's continue to talk about this tax reform. Some of the write-offs are gone, such as qualified property write-offs. Tell us a little bit about some of those write-offs that are now gone, no longer part of the tax code. Okay, in the past few years, uh, somebody who owned or leased a building or leased equipment was allowed to immediately write off or deduct or write off faster uh, the cost of ma- improvements made to that to the property. If you own a retail building and you improve it some way, it qualified for a 15-year write-off instead of a 39-and-a-half-year write-off. If you lease property, it qualified for this faster special deduction. Those are gone now, along with quite a few other provisions. As we've talked about a couple of different times, you really need to enlist the services of of an attorney or a tax advisor to really go through the code and figure out the portions of the code that really can benefit a business, particularly a small business. In the past, not a lot of people knew about these special write-offs, but they were there for leasehold improvements or improvements to retail property. It's a similar story with something called the uh, rehabilitation expenses and the uh, disabled access credit. One was a tax credit that if you tried to comply with the ADA and had to make improvements to your business, you could write it off as a tax credit. That's gone, too. Oh, they've I just see. Taken, they've, they've eliminated most of these property deductions because you have the first-year expensing and you have the uh, de- equipment depreciation now. Right, right, right. How does the TCJA treat interest expenses? That's one of these questionable areas. Basically, it says that you, a business can only deduct 30% of the operations adjusted taxable income for interest. In other words, interest can't amount to more than 30% of its adjusted taxable income. But there's an exception in this provision for so-called small businesses. What a small business is varies from provision to provision, and the tax law doesn't specify what they consider a small business here, and the IRS won't come around with a definition until next summer at the earliest. Hmm. But basically, the exception for small businesses 
the law says it protects the ability of a small business to write off the interest on loans that help them start or expand a business, hire workers, and increase paychecks. Most of your readers would qualify as a small business, but the specifics remain to be seen. I see. Okay. I understand that the TCJA has simplified the rules governing the method of accounting that must be used for tax purposes, and that it's a welcome option for small businesses like laundries or dry cleaners. How so? Basically, you and I, if we kept track of our expenses, we'd do it on a cash basis. We pay for something, it becomes a deduction. If we get you know, a check in the mail, as soon as we get that check and have the right to cash it, it's income. The accrual basis method of accounting says that if you pay a bill, even though you shell out the money right away, it's not actually an expense until whatever you're paying for is used or comes due, actually is, is actually used. So the new law comes out and says, well, every small business can now use the cash basis method of accounting, which is a lot simpler than trying to figure out what this expense is. I mean, for example, a rent payment. You make a rent payment at the beginning of the month, but actually it doesn't accrue. It accrues day by day as you go through the month. So if your tax year breaks in the middle of the month, you you know you can only deduct half of that as an accrual to base taxpayer. Now everybody, all your most businesses under twenty five million dollars that earn gross income of twenty five million dollars a year or less can use the cash basis method of accounting, and even if they're required to use inventories, something they weren't allowed to do in the past. I see. Okay. What are some of the other changes contained in the new tax law? Something we haven't talked about yet. Well, I think for your folks, the main thing is, well, of an important feature, is the immediate relief from the so-called death tax. They've increased the thresholds for estate tax, so very few, fewer people are going to have to pay it in the years to come. Of course, this is another one of those provisions that will disappear. Sunsets in 2026. The net operating loss deduction that was so important to a lot of us, we had a loss, a business loss, you, it was called a net operating loss. You could go back and deduct it from a prior year's income when you were more profitable, get an immediate refund of tax, the taxes paid in that year as a cash infusion to help you out. Now you can still take a net operating loss, but it can only be carried forward. You can't carry it back. So it carries forward indefinitely. The like-kind exchanges, you know, where you swap one kind of equipment for another, you trade in a piece of equipment on something else. There's a change there, but it doesn't impact on too many people because it, it now limits a like-kind exchange to real property as opposed to trademarks or whatever. And finally, the uh, alternative minimum tax, a corporate alternative minimum tax, that was a tax lawmakers created years ago to make sure everybody paid their fair share of taxes. And in the past, you had to compute your taxes as regular taxes. Then you had to compute them without all the benefits like accelerated depreciation or tax credits or whatever. So you came up with another tax bill with a flat 20% tax rate. Fortunately, they've done away with the corporate alternative minimum tax, and you're home free on that. So that simplifies things a lot, lot more. But as you said, you know, there's just so much in this bill that you have to get professional assistance. It just there's no way that you can say that these provisions apply to everybody, even something basic like the 100% depreciation write-off. It might not apply to all the equipment, or you might mislabel something as equipment when it should be some other, it might be an improvement of some type. So professional assistance is needed. With that, I'm going to draw today's podcast to a close. And thank you, Mark, for guesting. It's certainly a pleasure, as always, to talk to you. And, you know, this is such a, uh, it can be a complicated issue. And I thank you for kind of boiling it down and helping us to better understand it. 
My pleasure, Bruce. The American Coin-Op Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC Chicago with music written by Nazar Ryback and provided by Hook Sounds. For more information about future podcasts, visit our website at AmericanCoinOp.com or consult The Wire, our weekly e-newsletter. Also, be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter to stay informed about these podcasts, along with news and information from around the industry. For American Coin Op, this is editor Bruce Beggs saying your cycle is up.